2: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
3: Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello
1: and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat, a happy new year to all of you listeners and a happy new year to my guests, Chris Errington and Jack Ball. Hi chaps. I say guests as if we're not here a lot of
0: the time. I we should say definitely. colleagues really, should <laughs> <isn't laughs> yeah, that's very we, true. We do spend quite a bit of time in it, do sure. so I'd like to think of myself as more than just a guest. <laughs> Indeed. Well, a happy new year to you. Bob yeah, happy there, new anyway. year to
1: everyone out there. Um, I guess really when you look back at the festive period it was kind of consistently inconsistent <laughs> in some ways a win, a draw and a loss what have mm. you guys made of the festive period for Argyle?
3: Well I think we spoke me and Chris at a Facebook live beforehand and I think six, seven points was sort of the sort of the target wasn't, wasn't it? No. would, would yeah. be a, deemed a successful Christmas and Argyle managed just the four points out of the four games going back to, from the 3-0 defeat to Accrington 4 to the 3-0 win of Roxford. and you're quite right they sort of bookended it um, with those two results um, So overall we have to say it's been a bit disappointing really. I think I can argue that four points out of 12 isn't great especially when you look at them and AFC Wimbledon was one of the defeats and that's one of the teams that Argo are are battling to try and get out of the relegation places with but they topped it off with a 3-0 win over Oxford so it's left things on a more positive note going into the Southland game which we'll talk more about in a bit.
1: Yeah, quite I'd run it really, Chris. I'll get that fantastic win against Oxford, and by all accounts, it's one of their best performances of the season. Yeah, and then they have a, a big break, and I guess what the players probably would have wanted was another game to come round
0: quickly. Yeah, I mean, Derek Adams was asked about that after immediately after the Oxford game. You know, was it a shame not to have another game coming up soon? You know, to build on that Oxford one. But no, he he said no. He thought it was a good thing for the players to to have a break. They'd had four games in eleven days. He uh, gave them, I think, four days off. They were able to go and visit family and friends. You know, Christmas uh, is a hectic time for professional football as well. We're all trying to enjoy ourselves. You know, they are, you know, training and travelling and, you know, let's not forget they had to travel to Burton and um, uh, Wimbledon over Christmas. It all eats into time and um, he felt that, you know, giving them a break now, uh, they're in on training on Monday morning, preparing uh, as a normal week for Southend this Saturday would do them good. They've got 20 games to go. It almost feels like they've had a, a mini break, and now they're come back um, and ready to go for 20 really, really important games. So reflections. You know, I'd agree with Jack. You know, I think six seven points over Christmas would have been um you know good, acceptable. So for to only be four was disappointing. The only thing is, is that they did finish on a high against Oxford. It, it was without doubt one of their best performances of the season certainly at home park it gave the fans I think a bit of belief you know that they saw the team play well um, it's given the players a bit of belief hopefully um, Oxford were poor but they are one of the teams that Argyle are, are probably going to have to try and finish above this season so um, it was an important victory, um, but overall Christmas wasn't what I would have hoped for. I think,
3: sorry, I was going to say, I was just thing about the Oxford game, it, from my perspective, was the goals were coming from elsewhere, not just Freddie Ladapo, I think it's mm-hmm. been relied very heavily upon this, this season. And to see the likes of... Uh, Lemiris get two goals, and, and 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 other midfielder players to get goals is it, great because it takes the pressure off of someone that's had a lot of burden yeah, put a place on them.
1: I guess the one disappointment over Christmas was really that defeat at, at Wimbledon, but mm. um, I thought the team really sort of responded well to that. You know, that was a good point, away way of bursting. because yes. I don't think many people expected our goals get anything up there, right. and then. You know the win against Oxford, as you say, Chris, against the relegation rival. I
0: mean, the, the Wimbledon defeat was was particularly painful because of the way it happened. You know, Jan Songo, who I, I think's had a good season overall, mm-hmm. made a made a terrible mistake for the goal that won the game for Wimbledon. Um, it wasn't a great game. Argyle didn't play particularly well, but I, I think a draw on balance would have been the, the right sort of result in that game. So to lose it in that manner to a team that you're trying to finish above in the table was was really painful, and then. Three days later to go up to Burton and to be one 0 down after four minutes with a, uh, with Carl Leather inning and goal because Matt Macy was out injured and had, again a reshuffled back four and you know I can remember sitting there after 10-15 minutes thinking crikey, this could be three or four if if it carries on like this so for them to to turn it around get a one one draw and on the balance of the play you could certainly argue that Argyle were the better team in that in that game um, after their second half performance that was a decent that was a decent point. And then they've gone and beaten Oxford. So the, the glass half full approach is that you know they're unbeaten in the last two, a good point at Burton, three points against Oxford, and now they've got a run of games against teams that um, you know are not particularly high up in the table. Um, so you've got to be looking to try and uh, capitalise on those.
1: Absolutely, we saw uh, of course the, the January transfer window opened on the first of the month. Our goal quickly. Uh, doing some business with uh, Oscar Threlkeld coming back from um, where was
3: it Beveren, Fast Beveren? Is be- it Beveren? Bit be Yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Um, interesting. He only played a couple of games while he was out there, um, so he's not really played too much first team football. Returned to the club on loan. Chris, um, you spoke to Derek
2: Adams this morning. Here is what he had to say. We we, we obviously fall um, well, a wee bit short in midfield and. Um, we decided to take him back uh, as a midfielder uh, to give us that defensive cover in that middle of the park and he's obviously gone across to Belgium uh, it hasn't worked out for him there it gives him the opportunity to, to come back here for 20 games you know, try and get some, some game time and uh, we obviously know him well uh, at the football club so that makes it easier you know, for us that uh, somebody's coming in that uh, has been here before He's known quantity, isn't he? You know, he, he
0: knows the club, he uh-huh. knows some of the players. You know him. Yeah. Does does that make it an easier sort of deal to, to contemplate doing?
2: Yeah, without a doubt, mm. because um, he performed well for us uh, when he was here before. He played in a variety of positions. He either played in uh, right back, left back, or central midfield, and uh, you know performed well. So it gives us that added balance to the squad where um, we have got cover uh, all over. What's he
0: said about his time in Belgium? He played a couple of games to start off with, and then hasn't hasn't featured. Yet.
2: Yeah, I haven't spoken too much about that, mm. but um, you know, I think that uh, it's always difficult when you go to uh, a European country and to try and get uh, yourself established. But uh, you know, he'll come back here, and we've obviously given him uh, another opportunity to do well.
0: And you say midfield, not right back.
2: Yeah, midfield.
0: Mm-hmm. Because You wouldn't consider, contemplate playing him in Yeah,
2: uh, we've got good cover there. Joe Riley and uh, Smith-Brown. We've got uh, Tara Taffmore. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we could play him there, but uh, it's not uh, a prime objective to play him there uh, because we've got good cover there. Well, that was interesting, Chris. I
1: think the thing to take
0: out of that was the fact that he's been brought back to play in midfield. Yes, which is a bit of a surprise, I think. I mean, uh, I was working on the assumption that Oscar would come back as a right-back. I I think I probably wasn't the only one. I should imagine a lot of fans were um, because, you know, right-back hasn't been a settled position for Argyle this season. Um, I suppose you can see that there is potential um, scope to have a, a new centre midfield player. Arbel have had injuries in there. Uh, Jamie Ness, unfortunately, hasn't been able to stay fit. You know, if he if he was fit, he'd be in the team every week, but he hasn't been able to stay fit. David Fox is 35. You know, are, are, is a long season going to take its toll on him? Anthony Sargsyan's had a good run in the team recently, but he has had injury problems in the past. And um, you know, Oscar Threlkeld has played in midfield for Arbel uh, in the past. He will. Give them more energy and a bit more sort of um, you know legs to get around midfield and uh, playing a defensive midfield role. Um, then you might be able to use Anson as a centre back if you if you if you saw sort of fit. So uh, I was a bit surprised to hear that, but um, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think, Jack? You know, Oscar in midfield. The good thing about Oscar is his versatility, isn't it? I think mm. that's
3: helpful in any transfer market, especially if you're working with such a limited budget, which I understand our goals budget isn't the biggest, as we all know. So. I think his first versatility would be a big um, plus for him. That's being said, I'm sure that if Argo keep conceding goals, there's no there's a chance that he will play it right back at some point in the season. You know, we've seen how good he can be at right back. We've seen how much Argo struggled last season when he was out injured. You had, you had Gary Millard, and you playing it right back, and didn't particularly work. And um, and then you had Gary Sawyer eventually going over to right back, um, and then Oscar Felger came back, and you could see the lift in the team. So there's definitely potential for that to happen, but he was a midfielder before when he came to Argyle originally and that, sometimes that can be forgotten because of what he
0: did during his other three spells with the club because let's not forget it's the fourth time yeah. Argyle signed him. And we mentioned the Oxford game and the right back against Oxford was Ashley Smith-Brown right. who hadn't played there uh, or started a game there before he went there instead of playing at left back and he actually had possibly his best game in an Argyle shirt so um, you've got Joe Riley Tafari Moore and Ashley Smith-Brown so there's there's options there There's no two ways about it It's got to be said though It's a bit of a concern That is one thing That does concern
3: me that The amount of players That have been playing better In positions that yes. Are not theirs Because you've had Conor Grant yep. Playing at left back Now you've got mm. Left back playing at right back And mm. th- there's definitely Questions to be asked About recruitment going forward yeah. you know, And I think Derek Adams Will probably learn from that
1: do you think it's a bit of a show of faith then that you know he's he's come out and publicly said that he wants Osprey to play in midfield? It's mm. it's putting his faith in yeah. the, the right backs that he's mentioned.
0: It's certainly um, um, a, a move designed to make sure they don't get too down on themselves or down on the situation. And uh, you know he's come out pretty strong there and said no, I'm I'm happy with the right backs I've got at the moment. Yeah, you, if if things didn't go well, you know for whatever reason, injury, form, whatever. And you've got Oscar Threlkeld, and you scored. You would surely consider him at right back. Yeah. So it's it's maybe not a case of never play at right back, but it, it certainly sounds from um, what Derek Adams said uh, said to me that you know midfield is what he's been brought into play, and you know he will provide the legs and the defensive solidity, that will maybe allow the likes of Anthony Salcic and people like that to bomb forward up the pitch and uh, you know try and get a few more goals, as Jack was just saying about Argal goals for more than just Freddie and yeah.
3: I was going to say as well I, I still wouldn't be surprised if I'm being totally honest to see Tafari more maybe go out on loan to a League 2 club I think. If you've got Joe Riley who's had some best performances in, mm. in, in among some of the bad ones you've also got now Frelko who can play them Smith-Brown had a very good game there against Oxford. Mm. For me I think looking at the situation him going out on loan to a League 2 club could be beneficial to both Argyre answers Safari more so that wouldn't surprise me to see that happen It certainly
1: times. seems to have been a problem position for Argyre this season I mean you guys see the week in week out and you know yeah. yeah, the right back marks haven't been particularly
3: high and this and, season And left backs to be fair all defenders All defenders yeah, But yeah. I think particularly the wing backs have found it so difficult to stop crosses coming into the box which puts more and more and more pressure on the two, on the two centre backs and I think that has been one of the key problems and I don't know how you go about stopping that because we all know that it's easy to criticise them but we all know they're going to be working hard in training they're not going to be in training just sat around not trying to work on these things but whatever they have tried in training hasn't stopped those crosses from coming in they did stop that somewhat against Oxford
0: and unsurprisingly they got a clean sheet so that has to be their priority of trying to sort that out yeah collectively the defence hasn't been good enough and it's not just the right backs it's the left backs the centre backs the goalkeeper in fact the whole team you know because you know Football is a team game and you, we, it's easy to put the spotlight on the defence and, and we all do it um, but you know, if the team are defending well further up the pitch there's less opportunities for the players to get in mm-hmm. positions to then get in those crosses that aren't being closed down in time and then putting the our goal centre-backs under pressure it's sort of yeah. one thing after another, yeah. isn't it? And the best thing that Frelko do, I think is coming
3: off the 3-0 win against Oxford uh, bringing someone like who who's a very popular player with the fans is another boost for fans going into... What Chris has said is a crucial period of
1: the season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if it turns into a permanent deal in the summer. Mm. I believe he's got two and a half years left on his current contract as At Beveren. But if it's not working out for him, he's not going to want to sit on the
0: bench, especially in a foreign country, no, shall we? No, I mean, he'll be. He'll still have two years left on his contract this summer. If it goes well at Argyle, then you know there's a decision to be made there. If it goes well at Argyle and other clubs are interested in him, then you know who knows. But. Um, you know, as far as I understand it, it's just purely alone at the moment, and then they'll get to the summertime and uh, reassess from there. And fair yeah. play to him for giving it a go. You know, uh, we yeah. spoke to him after yes. he left, and he said he didn't want to get to the end of his career and
3: think oh, I never tried that. So fair play to him. It's not worked out so far, but you know, sometimes you've got to have to have the sort of mm. yeah. Careful with your language.
1: <laughs> um, we haven't got a bleep machine, No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we can't afford one of those. Um, So, as we say, that's the first signing done this January. Derek Adams doesn't expect any more signings ahead of the game on Saturday. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, so it's going to be a quiet week, hopefully, from our point of view. (laughs) But um, Um, where where do you think he will strengthen, Chris, looking forward?
0: Yeah, I mean, I asked him this morning, were there going to be any more signings before uh, Saturday, and he said no, and he he sounded fairly emphatic on no, but um, I think we all have sort of done this job long enough to know that all it takes is one phone call one player moves to another club and then that frees up a player that you have the chain after. reaction the chain reaction yeah. so um the the answer was no but you know we're, we're quite a long way from saturday now and if things start to fall into place who knows uh, what might happen where's he going to um strengthen our centre-back to me has to be one of the, the top priorities, uh, at least one, maybe two. I think we have I've mentioned this before, but if we could find a, a similar type of player to Zach Viner, maybe a, a, a younger, mobile, quick centre-back that can play as the number two centre-back off somebody that goes and wins the headers, whether that be Ryan Edwards or Niall Canavan. I think if you could get somebody in there, a bit more pace, a bit more mobility to the other the defence, that would be... Um, would be really key so um, if they could find somebody in that mould um, I did think they needed more legs in the central midfield so if you're looking at, at that then, then Oscar Threlkel brings that and I think they definitely need a need a striker because they've got Ladipo and uh, Ryan Taylor but after that you really are you know very limited in, in what you've got in attacking options Callum Dyson isn't getting in anywhere near the squad he would seem likely to maybe leave in January because he's just playing Southwest Peninsula League games, which is no good for him and no good for Argon. Um Alex Fletcher's playing in, in the Southwest Peninsula League, the Central League, the Premier League Cup, but he's not really knocking on the door. of The first team, by the looks of it. So you've got Ladebo and Taylor, but somebody that just gives you a bit of variety to play up front, you know, a bit of a goal poacher, even if it's someone that comes on for 20 minutes, half an hour, and you know, can uh, run around and play off Ladebo or Taylor or something like that. I, I think would be. Uh, would be important I don't know about you Jeff uh, the only other position
3: is possibly is a, is a winger maybe mm. if, you know Greg Wilde's left He came, he's mm. made a few pins off the bench this season I know they've got they've got Carey they've got Lemiris. they've got Grant and they've got uh, Jeff Cott mm. who can all, all play there admittedly but if if, Greg Wiles, sorry, if Lionel Ainsworth goes as well which we're all expecting to happen then that's two wingers down we've all seen Argyle's injury record over the last few years to know that it could easily happen again and they Mm. might be struggling. So that wouldn't surprise me totally, although I I agree with Chris, it's not key. I think there are other positions that um, are more interesting. But what I would say, I don't know if I'm supposed to plug TV shows, but the Sunderland, we were speaking about the Sunderland documentary, and i recommend any Argyle fans giving that a go to get an insight into how transfers work, because there's a fascinating episode about... um, the fact they're waiting on one or two players who are told them they'll come and then they reject at the last minute and it takes two more days to get someone else to even speak to and it's an interesting insight into how sort of behind the scenes transfers work that I've not seen before and I found it interesting so um, even though I've got working at a much lower level in terms of budget I'm I'm sure the uh, sort of the way it works is still the same. Yeah absolutely, that's on Netflix isn't it? Netflix.
1: Yeah well worth a watch. I guess the big question, though, we're talking about all the incomings. Hmm. The last thing Art Goin are going to want is an inflated squad, so there's going to have to be some outgoings as well, isn't there? I mean, Jack, you, you spoke about Tafari Moore. That's a good shout if he goes out on loan. Yeah. But he's not going to free up enough of, of a sort of budget for no, but lots they, of incomings. This is, they've got
3: rid of Harry Burgoyne, haven't
0: they? They've got rid of his wages. They've got rid of Greg Wilde now. Um, Stuart O'Keefe, who was on loan in Cardiff, has yeah. gone back to Cardiff. So if you take Burgoyne, O'Keefe... That's free wages. Wilde, almost well, certainly Ainsworth... You know, maybe Dyson, maybe more. You know, there's 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 six departures I think off the top of my head there, and maybe one or two others are on on loan and things like that. So um, I'd be still surprised. You know, yeah. it'd be interesting to see what happens with
3: Matt I don't know if yeah. he's expected back anytime soon, soon or what. But Michael I, Cooper for me, if Macy is fit and is going to stay in Derek first team plans, and Levering is the is going to be the backup. Then for me, Cooper needs to go on loan. I think that's the stage he's getting to. He doesn't need to play in West Peninsula League games, in my view. I mean, I personally was surprised that he maybe wasn't given the nudge over Levering. To be honest, but that's that to me shows that leather, sorry, that Cooper now needs to move on and get some first team football elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, I find that an interesting one because. Um... You know, we spoke earlier in the season when Macy came in and there was a debate as to whether that was the right thing to do, you know, giving a, a young goalkeeper from another club an opportunity when I've got, I've got a very highly promising youngster of their own that could be playing. Yep. Um, Macy's not really had the best of seasons, has he? So, I mean, looking ahead to South
3: End, could Macy... Again, it's nail all down that It's, it's not all down shirt? to Macy. I mean, I've, I've not been able really to impress him. I was quite excited by the signing. I thought it would work particularly well, but the defensive as a defence they've not helped him out in the slightest but I can't, was, I can't say I'd be too upset
0: about all that Macy's contract was ended to be honest well Derek Adams explained to me over Christmas that Arsenal have a recall clause yes. um, but Argyle don't have a clause in January so um, I, 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 he's, he's done okay I don't think he's he, you know he, he's had a hard act to follow in a bit in the terms of Remy Matthews was an excellent loan signing for Argyle last season and the fans really took to him and obviously luke McCormick was around as well and he was a popular player and um uh, matt macy's had some good games and he's had some poor games uh, he had a, a a dead leg that's why he's missed the last two games um if it was a dead leg he would have thought he'd be fit for saturday um so i uh, i would expect him to be around that said you know Carl leveran's played two games Argyle haven't lost either of them he, he kept a clean sheet against oxford um you know I think if Matt Macy's fit, he'll be in. But you know, you wouldn't be totally surprised if if um, Carl Leverand uh, got a chance. But I think you know, if Matt Macy's fit, he will start against Southend. And mm-hmm. as far as um, Michael Cooper and loans, um, I think all the development squad players, including Michael Cooper, have, have been made available for loans. Uh, Derek Adams has looked to get them to National League South clubs or above. So that's why. Van Rooney, Jordan Bentley, and now Alex Battle have all gone to Truro. I don't think he feels as much value in loaning players out to clubs lower than National League South. Um, so maybe one of the reasons that Michael Cooper hasn't gone out on loan, and might be the reason, is that you know there's not too many National League clubs that need or want to take an 18-year-old goalkeeper. You know, and no matter how highly we we rate him. Um, so, um, but uh, yeah, so that's I think the Argyle goalkeeping situation at the moment. I, I would anticipate Macy playing on Saturday. Do you think it will stay for? The rest yes, of the season? I, I don't see why not. Yeah, Matt. Um, I don't see. I don't see why not. Um, I suppose if you know, there's been speculation about Remy Matthews coming back because of what's been going on at Bolton. Yeah, I mean that's, that's an interesting situation. It, it? it is. I mean, it's pure speculation in terms of any sort of link with Argyle. Um, you know, if if big if. There was an opportunity to get him back. Then you'd be stupid not to explore it. But from talking to the manager and just talking, and just I don't get a feeling that that's going to ha- that's that's going to happen. Um, but. Never say never in football. No, that's right. The one thing I would say with Macy
1: like that. is that he, he just seems like a typical young goalkeeper. That, I, I mean, the, the, mm. the unfortunate thing for a goalkeeper mm. is when they make a mistake, the, yeah. that's a mistake, they're so exposed, aren't they? And it mm. invariably leads to a goal because of the position they're playing. And that just seems to be the case with but, Macy. But the, he, thing,
3: the thing with Macy is he, he's, he's capable of making some very good saves. He's But yeah. for me, from what we say he doesn't control his box enough. He's not vocal enough. Mm. Um, but that's the sort of thing that comes experience, experience. doesn't it? Yeah, of course. But Argon now in a relegation battle, yeah. and that, that's the problem. His distribution's not good enough, in my view, for someone that's been at Arsenal for as long as he's, he's been at. So he needs to work on all that. And it's, you know, Argon uh, in a bit of a desperate situation. Maybe not as desperate as he was a week ago, but...
1: See, that's just the interesting thing. I just think, why not let Michael Cooper be that person instead? You know, I, I've still, make, I've, the, make the errors, learn from the errors, and become a better goalkeeper I still think
3: I've said this for a while I still think that he's been prime for next season and that next season. he's loaned to Macy I wouldn't be surprised if Leverett left at the end of the season or maybe possibly as a backup I wouldn't be surprised if Cooper was in the first team next season hopefully
0: in mm. League One It's interesting it's one it's watch this face as they say <laughs> Yeah, watch indeed.
1: this face uh, one player that has left and we've mentioned him already Greg Wild mm. um,
3: second time around coming back to home park didn't really work out for him did it? It sort of went similar well worse than the first time time yeah. around but the frustrating thing about him in my view is he's got plenty of pace, he's just got no finishing product, he's not particularly great at crossing the ball or you can run into dead ends. Um, but I do know that he was, he was quite popular in terms of personality with fans, he was always quite polite to fans. I know obviously Joe, the, the, little, the little kid that everyone sees at our goal, he was particularly close to Greg Wilde and yeah. Greg Wilde was particularly good with Joe. Um, so I think that will be 99.9% of the Green Army wish him luck
0: up in scotland and it's probably a good move for Argo and a good move for him as well but it frees up a wage for Derek adams to, to put to use elsewhere um Derek adams said to uh, said to me on tuesday morning that greg wild was going to a scottish premiership club he didn't want to say which one but it looks as though it's livingston who are currently seventh in the scottish te- top flight so that's clearly a good move um greg's from scotland so it's a return home for him which will be good and i would only echo what uh, Jack said about Greg as a, as, a, as a guy and as a person and someone that the fans could, could could stop and talk to. You know, whenever I saw him, he'd always stop, chat, smile, shake hands. Really nice, really nice guy. Second spell, first spell, I think, was pretty good. He scored the first goal ever for our under Derek Adams' management. You know, he was part of a team that got to play a final. Uh, second time around, it hasn't, hasn't worked out. But, um... We wish him all the very best, and there's there's quite a few ex Argyle players knocking around the Scottish <laughs> Premiership now, isn't there? So um, yeah. he'll come up with uh, up, up against the, some, some familiar faces in the likes of uh, Hartley and McHugh and, and Tanner and, and people like that, Anthony O'Connor and, and what have you. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on up there.
1: Absolutely. So one final thing, then, guys, and that's South End at the weekend. <laughs> Never easy going to Roots Hall, is it? <laughs> not just in terms of getting there,
0: <laughs> but uh, getting getting a result from Southend. You don't just mean the M25. Though, no, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been informed about this. Oh, i have been reporting this trip on uh, <laughs> Friday. Friday. It's a it's a bit of a trek to, to Roots Hall, and it's one of the older grounds in the in the country. They're, they seem to be talking about leaving Roots Hall forever. Yeah, true. Um, but There's so many clubs like that at the moment, though, aren't they? Talking about leaving their ground, it never happened mm. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, an interesting game, uh, if we remember of course, and we'll delve into this I'm sure nearer the weekend, but of course the first game between the two teams was the first home game of the season, and it ended up with Derrick Adams and Chris Powell both receiving red cards. Of course, yeah. Um, so that I, I suspect that Derrick Adams won't want to say too much about that when we <laughs> see him later in the week, but we'll obviously ask him yeah. about that, and uh, I'm sure Chris Powell will get asked about that by yeah, Ar- I was going Ar- to
1: both calm down by now
0: though. Ar- so it would be interesting to see if there's any reaction to that I suspect not like, it, uh, it would have probably blown over but it's a little, little side story to the, to the main event which is an important game Southend have, um, have picked up some decent results recently but you know Argyle have come off a point at Burton and three at Oxford and they really need to try and start putting two or three wins together mm-hmm. so they've got to go there with that mindset I think you know, draws, draws. I'd normally say draws away from home are not bad, and a draw wouldn't be the end of the world at Southend. But at some point, fairly soon, Argyle need to gonna go going to need to go on a run, three or four wins in a row. And this is, I think, has to be one of these games. Really. I think End are
3: not in the best of forms. I think I, if I walk, remember the football highlight show, was saying they seem to win one, lose one, win one, lose one, which is better than drawing, no you know, three. <laughs> um, so if Argyle get them on a bad day, then there's no reason why they can't win. But I agree with Chris. I think it's getting to the point now where you're facing a team in that sort of form you need to go there and get all three points you're running out of time 20 games left which I know maybe is just less than half a season but you need to get them on, the, on, yeah, on board now it's, there's no point in waiting until you know april and March.
0: and I by beating oxford they've got themselves within sort of distance of uh, quite a few teams above them i think yeah. there's six points between them in 23rd and rochdale in 17th that's not too much of a bridge to make but it's when it gets to eight nine ten points then you've got problems and sounds you're
3: another team you want to try and drag towards yeah, you as well are yeah, one of those teams I did that and they need yeah. to do that against stuff and they need to drag as many teams to be around them as possible and Chris is right, every time they get to within a touching distance of safety, they seem to lose again and then be seven, eight points behind again. Mm. So they need to try and get out of that. Re- I think if they got out of that relegation zone, it would be such a lift mm. mentally for the players. And, and that starts again on, on Saturday.
1: Yeah, we saw it last year once they got out of the bottom four, they, they yeah. absolutely flew, didn't they? Yeah. So.
3: yeah. Right, well, thanks ever so much
1: for joining me, chaps. That's all we have time for this week. Um, we'll be back again next Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah, new day, of course, new day. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll be back to
3: discuss the South End game. So be sure to join us then. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.